0: you're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being here today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm a writer and producer in Pasadena, California. And today our question is, where are you on the Omicron scale of panic on a one to 10? Liz, where are you at? Okay, I'm Liz
2: Dolan in Santa Monica. Leanne, I went right to 11 immediately (gasps) because I'm going to New York this weekend. You'll hear more about that later. But then I texted my friend I'm staying with, like, how are you feeling? Do we still want to do this? And her response was, I'm not going to stop living. Same precautions anyway, vax and mask. And I thought, you're right, really nothing changes. So I'm settled back into a comfortable five now on the one to 10 scale.
1: Jewel, how about you? Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest sister. And I think we have to live with the virus. That's it. Yeah. That's uh, that's my response. And I'm, I'm lining up for any additional boosters <laughs> or anything else they're handing out. I will be right on it, Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
0: I'm with you, Liz. I'm about, a, I'm a, I would say I'm a six. I'm a Ooh, six. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm like okay. All right.
1: Okay. Where are you, Jewel? I'm like a two or a three. I mean, <laughs> I just, I've just, yeah, I, you just have to move. You have to live your life. Yeah. We have to do this. Okay. Yes. But I'm going to live my life, but out of five. Um... Right. <laughs> I don't know. I. <laughs> you don't have to be at a five. Okay. But we can discuss.
0: Five seems neutral to me, but oh, oh, I, I see. No, That's
1: a heightened state of alarm.
0: <laughs> okay. righty. I guess we've just been at a 10 for so long. I feel like a six is really a, a driving back. It. Okay. No, Dialing
2: no. back to a six.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think All maybe right. Texas is different than California. Maybe. maybe. It's that, I, don't yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, We have a lot happening on the show today. First, we're so happy to welcome back Claire Tansy. Uh, You know, she is an author and recipe developer and cook and teacher. She's been with us several times before on Satellite Sisters. She is always great on topics like how to make your holiday entertaining more uncomplicated. That's her whole shtick, uncomplicating cooking. So we're going to talk about de-stressing the holidays. She has an ingredient to watch for 2022. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. And then- by request, we have some out-of-the-box holiday entertaining ideas. So it's not going to be the same old, same old here on Satellite Sisters. Claire is bringing bringing some new, fresh ideas for the holidays. So that is coming up. Also, we have a lot of entertaining sisters. Liz, you mentioned your trip to New York. It has a theme, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she's yes. keeping okay. it a surprise. Okay. It's, it's Broadway, it's baby.
2: It's Broadway, baby. Okay. So I've got some Broadway news, some Broadway observations. There's been lots of Broadway discussion in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, too. So people are
0: back on Broadway and I'm with them. Okay. And I watched all the Christmas holiday romance movies with Castle in the title this weekend. So <laughs> you don't have to. I got to break them down for you, break, break them down. Uh, but first, just a little post Thanksgiving recap for you, uh, sisters, because
1: We didn't
0: didn't go to your Thanksgiving, so I'm dying Uh, here. We
1: were
2: all separate this Thanksgiving.
0: Yes. yes. Um, It was a tale of two turkeys for me. All right. So I was sort of on my own. It was a solo effort at my house. I mean, people were there, but I was the only cook in the kitchen. And, you know, sometimes I like that. So that's not really a problem.
1: Right. I mean, me. that's the
0: way you run your kitchen, Leah. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is, Julie. Thank you. Sometimes two is one too many cooks in the kitchen for me. But um, I've been in that position. Yes. yes so uh, it was my husband's family. Um, a lot of men happening, uh, and we're trying. We were trying to make it easy and. uh and accessible for everybody. I'll just, I'll just say that we have people of various health issues and stuff. So we just want to make it easy. So my plan was to do a make ahead Turkey. I'd read all about it at on the barefoot Contessa. Uh-huh. I was going to cook it in the morning while the boys were at the LA auto show and carve it all up and have it ready to go and just reheat when we were going to do it. Right. Uh-huh. So that way I didn't have the picture perfect bird. Like there was not going to be that photo, but I wasn't going to have to carve the Turkey with six people staring at me either. And that, was appealing to me. Okay. So I get that, is, to that is a, that's a high stakes carve. There's no doubt yeah. about it. It's yeah. true. Yeah, it, it's messy too. Like mm-hmm. it's, I just wanted to be done with all the dishes and everything. So long story short, I got the 16 pound butcher box bird. It's a beauty. Uh, it's all buttered up. It's ready to go, and it's got Ina Garten level butter on it. Not le- like so much butter. Like not <laughs> Lee Dolan level. I Ina, Ina level, and uh, my oven goes out. A <gasps> big oven. 22 years. Like never had an issue with this oven, just not heating. Like I had cooked some muffins in the morning and then the temperature just dropped, drop, dropped, could not get the oven to fire.
2: What are the chances that it would go out on the Thanksgiving day? Uh, uh, what do you do? Right.
1: Do you call 1-800-BUTTERBALL? I mean, <laughs> it's an emergency land. It's
0: true. Well, here's the thing. You can't really call anybody because everybody's ovens are busy on Thanksgiving. You can't just say, yeah. Hey, can I use your oven for five hours today? Like <laughs> Even my yeah. mother-in-law, I was, she was baking stuff. I was like, well, so, and then I thought I could, I have a small oven. I have a two, two oven situation, but the small oven is small. Just fits the small cookie sheet in, you know, it gets a lot done on a daily basis, but the 16 bound bird was not fitting in there. So then I thought I could spatchcock, but even that isn't. I couldn't even fit that. I had to break that bird down, sisters. I mean, I have not watched ten years of Top Chef for nothing. (laughs) I mean, it was like you've seen them do that so many times, so many times. I just removed one breast, I removed another breast, the legs, the thighs, the this, put it on separate platters. But here was the thing: it was covered in butter, so I oh slippery. I thought. I am going to end up in the ER. I don't, I no longer care about the turkey. I care about me. I just, I mean. Oh, you must've been in such a sweat land. I mean, this is really high stakes. It was high stakes, but also I was alone. So I didn't have to deal with other people asking me stupid questions. <laughs> and I had kitchen shears, which is something that every yes. has. Yeah. Liz, do you have kitchen shears? I do, because okay. I believe Liam gave them to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: I would. Why would I have ever thought of having kitchen chairs in my life? But yes. And now I use them almost every day.
0: Yeah. I broke that baby down. It took a while. I was you know, I did work up a sweat, Julie. I don't know what my Fitbit said, but I I felt like I earned my meal after that. The bird cooked up beautifully, made it ahead. The two breasts, I left the legs in longer. Everything worked great. But it was a lot. By the time they came home from the auto show, I couldn't even express to them like how much stress that was. They're like, oh, okay. I was like, you don't understand. I had to break the turkey
1: down. We understand, Leon. I, I think, I think many listeners understand too, Liam. That's that's whew. it is when
2: you need a and that's when you need a good video montage, then, yeah, right? Because if we could have seen just a nice, nicely edited montage of that. We could all appreciate.
0: Again, my hands were so full of butter. I mean, I just went through about six towels. I had to keep wiping down the knives and the oh, wow. uh, and the kitchen shears so they didn't slip. It was a lot. Uh, but that's why by the time I got to the charcuterie turkey at 330, it was just a delight. So I had said last week I was going to attempt to make this turkey out of basically cheese, ham, prosciutto, roasted tomatoes, my usual charcuterie platter, but in turkey format. Mm -hmm. It was the most delightful thing I've ever done on Thanksgiving. (laughs) It was,
1: Lynn, it was very whimsical. You posted a picture of it uh, in our Facebook group. It was uh, delightful. I made my own cheese ball. I mean, I've never
0: done that. I highly recommend that. So by the time I placed the turkey beak, I literally laughed out loud. (laughs) Everybody else was out on the back patio enjoying themselves. And I'm finishing up that turkey they're like what i was like you got to see this come on in (laughs) so it delighted everybody and then they destroyed it so uh just a winner turkey two ways quite a quite a thanksgiving
1: Wow, Leon! i I just i i really i'm sort of emotionally spent from hearing that story (laughs) i can certainly empathize with it but we have to move on because i really believe that this is a first ever for satellite sisters I am bringing you rattlesnake sna- uh, facts today.
2: <laughs> did you cook
1: a rattlesnake for Thanksgiving? No, I did not cook a rattlesnake. Uh, uh, I went with my son and daughter-in-law and three of my grandchildren. We went to West Texas for um, Thanksgiving. We had a terrific time, but it was a big, long road trip. And you know what? When you're on the road, you know what? You know what's out there? Roadside attractions, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, growing up, there were eight of us, uh, and not all eight of us even made Into car trips, Lee, and we left you home a lot, right? Right. And surely our parents never stopped at any roadside attraction. Did they, Liz? No, God,
2: no, 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 no.
1: no. We could barely all, (laughs) there was a lot of fighting. True. I mean, people don't. No. I mean, many families, this is their fondest childhood memory is taking car trips, right? Not yeah. so much in our family. There was a lot of fighting, bickering, uh, poking, pushing, whatever. But anyway, this was a great trip. And we got to Fort Davis, Texas. And there was a sign, it was a uh, old, fa- old fashioned kind of building. It said, largest collection of live rattlesnakes on earth. On earth. Oh, okay. Wow. Brakes were applied, screeching. Okay, we couldn't miss that. So we went in. We got a group rate, uh, which was excellent—$15 for our entire group. Uh, we thought we thought that was a deal. And inside, uh, Mr. Rattlesnake—I'll uh, just call him that—he has, I think, there were 40 different rattlesnakes, and then Ooh. scorpions, live rattlesnakes. He has them in these—I would uh, snake aerariums. is that what they're called? <laughs>
2: I'm sure. I'm sure that's yeah. the word. Yeah.
1: I'm going to put a picture of the snake terrariums up on our Facebook group, so you can see that. So uh, we learned some just Keith many many things about rattlesnakes, but here's here's a highlight for you. First of all, Texas is second to Arizona in the number of different uh, species of rattlesnakes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Arizona, you're in a top spot. But here's something that you really need to know. That uh, our, uh, the owner of this uh, of the largest collection of live rattlesnakes, uh, he said um, that rattlesnakes have actually mutated now, and the rattles on the rattlesnakes are much smaller. Okay. So Ooh. that's, they're harder to hear, Liz and Leah. Uh, oh, okay. Oh my God. That yes. is not good news. That is not good news. Okay. Texas has eight different types of rattlesnakes, but I, I, he had, I don't know how many, he just had so many varieties. I mean, so don't spend any time, like if you encounter a snake, trying to determine if it's venomous or not venomous based on the patterns of the snakes. Oh, right stay away, stay away. Also, snake parenting. Maybe you didn't know this, but when your uh, snakes are born in the spring, that's uh, that's the time, you're on your own as a, as a baby snake. There's no oh. parenting involved. Oh, in no wonder they're way. so
2: mean. Okay. <laughs> no. They had a lot okay. of childhood trauma. We,
1: finally, so we we're just chatting it up with uh, Mr. Rattlesnake, uh, who also, in addition to running this museum, uh, he does house calls. And while we were there, someone... Uh, from the community came in and said, I have a snake that you need to Catch and uh, move to some mm-hmm. other place, and so he does that, which is seems like a good thing.
0: Yeah, but I he, honestly thought you were going to say he does a podcast. I thought the <laughs> second part of that sentence was runs this rattlesnake museum and hosts the podcast.
1: I could go back and pitch that idea to him. <laughs> I'd be happy to. But the final thing, and as you're sitting in this snake ararium with all these snakes, I, you know, we talked about what they, you know, what they eat, and he feeds them uh, laboratory mice. But he said. Now this is November. He said we're not going to feed him again till April.
2: It's like, uh, wow. oh wow, okay. Wow. Because
1: said, yeah. <laughs> I would think you'd be hangry by April, and the reason why is this is winter time that it they would expend too much energy digesting their food and not enough energy trying to stay you know uh, stabilize their you know warmth uh, during the winter months. So he doesn't mm. feed them. And mm-hmm. You um, do not go back to the rattlesnake museum. <laughs> in march is my travel tip for everyone <laughs> i think it's going to be very lively mm-hmm. but anyway excellent roadside attraction just keep that in mind uh maybe at your next holiday par- party go ahead and mention that about the size of uh, rattles on the rattlesnake you're gonna make yeah. some that's
2: gonna be didn't good that just give you the heebie-jeebies
1: to be in a room with that many rattlesnakes yes, it's, it's my son nick had to leave he's like come on let's get out of here he was in there <laughs> and i didn't realize he said i hate snakes mom i hate them so uh but oh yeah the kids were fascinated by it Julie, what was the
0: name of that place it It is
1: uh, it it just said snakes and reptiles on the front
0: okay (laughs) i was trying to google
1: it but that's not no no it's in it's in fort davis texas right on the main road there uh it's well worth a stop uh Yes.
2: Okay. Well, I'm not going out of my way to get there, but yes, uh, brakes would be applied if I did happen to be going by. All right. Well, that's informative, Julie. Thank you. I wonder what the evolutionary advantage is of having
1: smaller rattles. You would think that Because they're more elusive, Liz. Yeah. I mean, they have rattlesnake roundups in Texas oh, and oh, oh. but okay. if you can't hear them- If you can't you know, hear them. Right. Right right mm-hmm. okay all right really, Good it's theory. called
0: Rattlers and reptiles
2: <laughs>
0: okay that maybe do, that's... do they have a website
2: Lynn? should i put it no, in the show notes
0: it's in the fort davis chamber of commerce website yeah the okay. largest live rattle uh, snake exhibit on the planet
1: that's so, what i told you
0: yeah but now i can <laughs> see the sign and planet is just a big blue ball with a rattlesnake wrapped around it that's dramatic all
2: right thank you hey, that'll get your attention as you're <laughs> going by okay all right well moving on i you know i have been thinking a lot about the aging process this year maybe because this has been the longest year of my life i don't know maybe <laughs> um just... <laughs> i don't know. Had a lot to think about this year, and we were talking before we started the show. You know, the next week I am going to have a Tiger Woods report. You know, that he announced yesterday, like what he's been through with his injuries. So, you know, Tiger and I have always had so much in common. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to actually have a, a much deeper dive into um, into that next week. But this week, I was just thinking about like. Ooh, another year. How many more of these can I can I handle? When I read a major story in the L.A. Times, the headline says, "The Mighty Mo swims into 100 as a beloved champ." So here's the story of Mighty Mo. She swims at the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center, which is where you swim, right, Liam? Yes, it is. Okay, so Mighty Mo turned 100. Oh wow! So- So, yes, and they're these amazing pictures of her climbing out of the pool, which, again, got my attention because I still can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so so Mighty Mo, she's in the master's swimming program there, which is what Sheila used to swim in the master's program there at the Rose Bowl pool. Anyway, she was a. Her career, she was a social worker for her career and then she retired and she took up swimming when she turned 60, if you can believe it or not. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, you know, that's an interesting move at 60. Then I thought, okay, well, but she has been swimming for 40 years now. So she swims every day at sunup. One of the advantages to being Mighty Mo at 100 is she says, there's almost no one left in your age group uh,
1: when she, she goes to. All, she yeah, she goes must to be all, in the Supermasters. Like, is oh, yeah, that, is it? Yeah, yes, yeah. she
2: goes to these competitions all over the world, Julie. And she's, she's got like dozens of world records because really there's nobody else in her age group. But she also, yeah, good for Mighty Mo. So I I, I found it very. um. Uh, it was uplifting. It was something that I, I needed to, uh, I needed to read her favorite activity before she took up swimming, Liam had been hiking and oh. so you'll be happy to know she's given that up and Thank she's goodness. all in, all yeah. in uh, <laughs> the swimming now. And, uh, anyway, she now swims in the 100 to 104 years age bracket and, uh, freestyle and backstroke. Amazing. So, it's so amazing. This, the yeah.
0: photos are so great. We're t- yeah. totally worth a look. Yeah.
2: Yep. This summer, she bagged six more world records. So I found that highly motivating. Thank you, Mighty Mo. I needed to hear that. So then I was thinking some more about aging and I saw this story in the New York Times entitled, As We Age, What Should Change? And it's interesting. So this is a Stanford research study. It's the Stanford, longev- Stanford Center on Longevity. Did a whole study on like, what our life patterns are and what we do versus what we would ideally do. And uh, one of the points they make is that humans are social creatures. We're very sensitive to culture. And the culture that we're living in today is one that evolved around lives half as long. Right. So it just doesn't work. We need a new set of social scripts and norms that will accommodate much longer lives. And my first reaction is, oh, God, really? <laughs> <laughs> then I was you like, to of course. A hundred. Yes. Oh. Come, come on, Liz. You're channeling Mighty Mo. That's fantastic um so so they worked on this report that's entitled the new map of life and it's a blueprint for what educations careers cities and life transitions could look like if they were designed for lives that span a century or more and uh and they make the point that in 2016 half of the households headed by a person 50, half of the households headed by a person 55 or older had, had no retirement savings either. So part of this is a huge economic challenge that people are living longer and they have less money. So here's the, here's the deal. What they recommend in the new map of life is we need to even out the pace. We're doing too much in a short period of time. And we need to, they literally say, we need to stretch out our lives, which again, when I first read that sentence, I was like, oh, really? But then I I, I get the point. So, so to even out the pace, um, they recommend, first of all, that education be a lifelong project rather than a sprint crammed into childhood and early adulthood. So, that makes total sense. Right. And they also recommend, although I,
1: I, I really, I don't want to take any more pop quizzes, Liz. <laughs> I really no. don't. I don't want that feeling. I don't want that Sunday night feeling. Okay. Like, well, you can okay. do it. What, what
2: I like about these classes for people that are not, getting credit, I've taken a few of those in the last year, is that you really don't have to do any of the homework, Julie. You're just kind of, (laughs) you're sitting in on the lectures and things. It's, you know, it's illuminating. Okay. But there are no high stress tests. There's no, no more high stakes. You're not trying to get in anywhere, right? So that's the first thing. Education as a lifelong project. I'm totally down with that. And also that careers be spread out so that people work for more years. But with fewer work days in the week and fewer hours in the day. So again, that makes total sense. And they go on to explain that especially, guess what? The, the most the most stressful time of your life is middle age when yeah. pretty much you have to be doing everything, right? Right. It's it's yeah. when you're having a family, doing a critical job. time in your career. If if you have children, that's a highly stressful time. You have aging parents, like so we're doing too much. In too little time, and we have to stretch that out. And uh, and she makes the point: uh, there's a cultural precedence for reimagining lifespan because the modern concept of both teenage years and retirement as distinct phases of life that only emerged in the 20th century mm-hmm. that never existed before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So so we can recreate this. I'm not right. sure exactly. Like, could I go back and do? less in my thirties and forties. It's too late for that. Right. But (laughs) then again, I did skip the having children part of it. So I guess I did do less.
0: You may be now, Liz. I do. now.
2: That's another thing I was thinking. Yeah, you can't really (laughs) delay childbearing into Uh your later years. But anyway, I just want to give everyone the license to completely rearrange your life. And it also reminded me of what you were saying to our niece, Megan Dolan Saporita, on last week's show, where she has stepped away from her professional life as a lawyer and has just had a third child and is doing that and doing all this fine um, community activism where she lives on Long Island because she has the confidence to know that she'll be able to get back into the workplace because that is the life her mother, our sister-in-law, mm-hmm. Mary, also led as a lawyer. And you guys have done that with your professional lives too. Mm-hmm. So without even knowing it, I think you are role models for the life plan of the future. Okay. So just wanted to kudos to you so it's to to mighty mo and to all of the women who were just forced to figure this out anyway even though society didn't really tell you that that was okay so good for you so as we change what should change i think everyone needs to redo your own blueprint Okay. You know,
0: this, this is a fascinating website. I'm looking at it now. It is. So, yeah. It's amazing. That's, so we'll have that in the show notes. But yeah, there's a lot in here. I mean, I would just like to advocate for not making middle school any longer than it needs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: because of you, because of the pain for your
0: children going through it, or are your own
2: middle for everybody? School
1: everybody, parents, children, teachers, teachers, yeah. everybody. So, yes. Tighten that up okay. a
2: little bit. Yes. Tighten right. it up.
1: Okay. Very inspiring, Liz. Really, yeah. it's a good way to think about it.
2: All right. Okay. Well, if we're all going to live to be 100, like we need a new plan. That's, okay. that's the idea. Yeah. OK.
1: OK. Well, um, over in our uh, Satellite Sisters Facebook group, I just I just we just have to say that we really appreciate the very meaningful posts That everyone's doing to the look what I did in 2021. We've asked you to um, post pictures or write a description of what you've been doing in the last year. Um, We're just so grateful that you are really sharing your lives with us. And, you know, uh, please continue to do that if you haven't done it um, so far. And we just want to give a special shout out to Monica. We are with you on your journey. Andrea, uh, we loved hearing about your healing trip, and Heather, way to go on your academic achievement. I mean, so please keep sharing. Uh, you can go over there, post us, just tell us what you've been doing in the last year. Be sure to include the hashtag, uh, look what I did 2021. Um, and I just think it's a great way for the whole group to share with each other too. So they're very nice. They're yeah,
0: very inspirational, inspiring, Julie, I need to correct you. I put the wrong thing in the rundown. It's hashtag sat sisters. Look what I did 2021. Okay. So just so, and if you're not on Facebook, you can also post on Instagram hashtag sat sisters. Look what I did 2021 our last show of the year in, in a couple of weeks. will just be focused on all these stories. So we would love to hear yours, but yeah, they've been amazing stories. Amazing. All right. Coming up on satellite sisters, we're going to talk to Claire Tansy about de-stressing the holidays and some out of the box holiday ideas. Liz, you need to talk pate with Claire. <laughs> yes, again, I do. A yes. sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> uh, but but first, we're going to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz and and here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, We are so happy to welcome back to Satellite Sisters Claire Tansy. She's an author and a cooking teacher and a recipe developer. Her books, Uncomplicated and Dinner Uncomplicated, are Satellite Sisters' favorites. She does great online teaching, and then she cooks every night for her sweetheart, Michael, and her son, Thomas. And we're happy to have her back to talk about holiday appetizers and de-stressing the holidays. And we're going to hear about your ingredient of 2022. Welcome to Satellite Sisters, Claire. Oh, so happy to be here. Can't wait to
3: reveal the secret
0: ingredient. It's going to be great. (laughs) All right. So Claire, we come to you when we want to uncomplicate our lives in the kitchen and uh, holiday entertaining. It's been a, a wild couple of years. People are still feeling their way around. I feel like people are open to new ideas, to entertaining because of the pandemic and some of the restrictions. Is that your experience?
3: most definitely last year for sure when i mean where i live everything was super locked down so it was just the three of us for the for the whole christmas season so we kind of had to reinvent and like you said this year we're a little bit closer to uh, whatever normal is going to be but it's still a great opportunity to rejig slash get rid of old traditions that don't work anymore Um, So I say, you know, blame COVID and figure out what it is that's going to actually make you happy this holiday season. Right. I
0: feel like I did that at Thanksgiving. So I am kind of looking to sort of make some changes uh, for Christmas and New Year's. It's sort of a nonstop event here, particularly in Pasadena, where we have the Rose Parade. So you've come to us. You say you claim you claim, Claire, you have five
1: ways to de-stress holiday entertainment. Leanne doesn't trust anyone, Claire. You see that
3: <laughs> feeling. That. Yeah, um, I have more than five ways, but uh, let's go with five. OK, so number one, the way, best way to de-stress holiday entertainment in particular, is forget about making 100 different cocktails or stocking the bar with every bottle from the liquor shop. You're just going to choose one great signature cocktail, and you're going to make that all season long. Mm. So by the end of the season, you're not going to have like, you know, that bottle of creme de mint that you took two tablespoons out of. (laughs) I mean, I think I got mine in 1999, so it's still (laughs) going strong up there. So yeah, that is a good idea. Signature cocktail. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. So you can kind of strike that one off your list. Number two, you got to do everything in advance. Anything you can possibly do in advance and freeze, do it. Um, And in fact, this weekend coming up is the perfect weekend for it. So whether you want those fancy appetizers, your holiday baking, your homemade hostess gifts, I'm going to be making a ginormous batch of my festive granola this weekend. And that's what I give as hostess gifts all season long. So anything that you can make ahead, do it. Um, But but do it before it's, you know, the 24th of December and you're like, oh, I got to get ahead on the holidays okay That's- you know
2: okay claire this is liz even just hearing the words hostess gifts stresses me out just not, <laughs> it's not not my strong suit <laughs> luckily i haven't gotten invited
3: anywhere yet so i think i'm i, I think I i'm in the clear on hostess gifts well certainly even if you're not going to do a homemade hostess gift just choose what you're like one gift that you're going to give yeah. and okay. whether it's a bottle of wine or a cozy tea towel or something just go out and buy 10 of them and then okay. Forget about it for the rest of the season. Yeah, okay. I like yeah. idea. that. That's a good idea. Um, so, you so number three won't surprise you. I'm going to encourage you to minimize holiday baking. Now, we love those multi-tiered trays of you know 14 different sweets and treats that have been passed down through uh, all the ages. No, no, you can't do that. That's too much. You're going to choose one. To three trusted recipes, you're going to make them in big batches. Okay. Uh, for me, um, so many years I tried to make my grandmother's maple fudge. Guess what? Never worked. Okay. And yet, I was always optimistic that this was going to be the year. This was going to be. <laughs> Guess what? Never was. So, not making it anymore. So, minimize your holiday baking. Trust me, everybody just likes delicious cookies and squares. They don't necessarily have to have a hundred different types.
2: Okay. You know, that I always
0: say this about fudge. I am not a fan. And my mother brought it every year. And I was like, please stop with the fudge. I don't love it. So, you know, I, I'm not a fudge fan. So I'm glad you let it go out of your life. <laughs>
3: well, that, that's easy for you to let go. That's great. But I know a lot of people love fudge. And the other thing is, if you only make it once a year, you never really get a chance to get any better at it. Uh, so it's, oh, it's okay. Oh, that's it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. hmm um. All right, number four, and this is the one that I'm leaning into this year because we can have gatherings again, is just do it and don't worry about making fancy food or polishing the silver or inviting everyone you know. Um, lower your expectations, do as much as you can in advance and keep it simple. It is better to calmly serve meatloaf uh, and mashed potatoes to your dear friends who you haven't spent too much time yet with yet. Than to get yourself into a lather, you know, serving three courses and matching wines. And as we know, people love meatloaf, right? All they really want is <laughs> Okay, Claire, you know, for uh, our Satellite Sisters
2: accountant and procurement director, Diane Gray, it was her birthday a couple of weeks ago, and I invited her over for dinner and made your meatloaf. And it was so delicious. Had a couple of other friends here. It was so delicious. We actually started talking about
3: starting a monthly meatloaf club. That's what we decided. <laughs> Oh, I'm on board that is an excellent. and the great thing about meatloaf is it's so easy you just mix it together throw it in a pan and mm-hmm. bake it
2: mm-hmm. um, well yours so is
3: very tasty very good tasty. Oh, i'm a fan of that you know th- trends food trends come and go meatloaf is forever yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh wow it's a good right there food. that's i can tell that's going to be a graphic this week <laughs> yes <laughs> it's forever
3: possible t-shirt Uh, i like it okay i'm I'm in sign me up um and my fifth de-stress tip although i could go on all day is if you are gonna have that dinner party and i really think it's you know just do it people let's just enjoy our time with each other never serve soup never ever serve soup
0: okay Okay. that's a strong statement
3: because i was actually what is your thinking behind that claire yeah okay so here's the thing with soup is it's always served separately from the main course Right. And there is no way to sit down and enjoy a bowl of soup with your guests while you are also putting the finishing touches on your main course. Is oh. there? No. No. You're going to serve some great appetizers. Uh, they can be out of a box, doesn't matter. And uh, you're just going to do a main course, and that's it. Okay. Well, you've You really know what I it. love
2: about all these de stressors, Claire? It's just <laughs> so many things that never would have dawned on me to do in the first place. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> even easy. You're off the hook. You didn't even yeah. know you were on the hook
2: bake no soup no okay it's all good I'm completely down with your plan <laughs>
0: okay. I was actually right. thinking about having people over and having soup so now I'm gonna I gotta rework some things thank you this, well, this Okay, listen,
3: it could be soup if it's like a main course soup like if you're gonna do like a beef and barley or you know like a big hearty chicken and dumplings but you can't serve tomato soup for main course and I'm sorry I just okay. want have-
0: no I, well, I would never do that Claire okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It was it was going to be a more complicated french onion soup with the beef tenderloin but never mind fine mm-hmm. i'll do yes. something with caramelized onions first but not a soup okay. thank you okay. thank you my friend okay <laughs> okay whoo all right uh all right so um th- that was that was that was a good list that's a fantastic list now uh um, out of the box ideas. We had a request from Melissa over on our satellite sisters, Facebook group. Like you've already given Melissa a lot of uh, things to chew on here. Um, but would you have any sort of wild out of the box entertaining ideas that maybe people haven't thought of,
3: especially Liz yeah. and Melissa? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Liz. Liz, I'm sure that you weren't planning this. So now you can, here's my idea for an out of the box celebration. You're going to celebrate this, the solstice, the winter solstice oh. It's December 21st. Now, it's got no religious affiliation. It's got no family affiliation. So you can get rid of all that stuff, which often has a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And the winter solstice, it's all about hunkering down for the winter. So you know what you get to serve? Comfort food. You get your beef stew. You get your chicken pot pie. You get your lasagna. Some big casserole of comfort food. Mm. Invite them best people and you can also serve dinner really early because it's the shortest day of the year in the hemisphere. You can have dinner at 445 and people will be in bed by eight.
2: (laughs) I love this plan. Okay winter solstice it is yeah these other holidays you know other people have them covered okay Mm -hmm. winter solstice i call it i take it people people
1: don't have a lot of expectations for for what the party should include or not include so it gives you a lot of leeway that's uh that's what i need julie i I need leeway (laughs) you got it liz (laughs) i'm looking at that's a tuesday
0: night okay you really got me thinking about a lot of things okay tuesday december December
3: 21st. I'm just, I'm going to circle it on my calendar just in case. And you know what? You could even, you could even do it the Monday, which is the 20th. Cause I think officially the solstice oh. in the middle of the night. Okay. So I think you can either do it on the Monday or the Tuesday. So I, there's, there's your leeway there too. Thank you. Oh my gosh. This is great. All right. That's great. I love it. I love it. I love it.
0: Okay. So any, is that it? Out of the box? Winter solstice. That's a good idea. I like one. it.
3: Oh, I like what out of the box could mean. And, uh, you know, I mean, out of the box, life is different, right? Like we said at the earlier, like COVID is the perfect time to rejig those old traditions. And just to remember what's most important to you. Like, is it spending time together? Is it eating that particular dish uh, that you've eaten every year at Christmas with the people you love, whatever it is, like, you know, feel free to focus on that. The other thing out of the box might mean is that you're leaning more into like a homemade holiday, like less emphasis on gifts, maybe more homemade treats, uh, more emphasis on like friend's time or carol singing or just like sitting back and watching a movie. That's also good. Um, And then the third way that you could take your um, holiday out of the box is it could actually come out of a box like it could be frozen something or other Uh, (laughs) and that's fine and you know last year because of the pandemic so many people uh, ended up ordering their holiday dinner from either local catering companies or local restaurants and it was an amazing shot in the arm for them and if that worked for you um, and that allowed you to really either spend more time with the people you love or maybe the people you love is just being in your own bed under the duvet Mm -hmm. Like, go for it. That is a great way to support small business and to support yourself. Okay. These are great
0: ideas. Boy, you know, you should write a book, Claire. Can you do... (laughs) Is holidays <laughs> uncomplicated? Is that coming?
3: I got to tell you, people are at, my, at that point. It's like when you have a baby and then there's that point you reach where people start saying, when are you having another baby? Right. So my book came yeah. out for like a year and a half. My second book's been out for a year and a half. And now everyone's like, well, what's the next book? And I, I mean, Leon, you understand. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if I have it in me for a yeah. book right now.
0: I think think this is the outline, though. I think you just created another book prepping for this podcast, um, because these are fun ideas. Mm -hmm. All right. So speaking of holiday uh, ideas out of the box, we are celebrating our second virtual Satellite Sisters get together. I have to give Liz credit. Last year, it was the Cooking with Liz season wrap. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we've just... We've opened it up saying it's the Satellite Sisters season wrap. And we settled on uh, pate as sort of a theme. So because Liz had never made my mom's traditional country pate recipe. Uh, So, Liz, how'd it go? You made a test batch this weekend, right? I made a test batch. Okay, it
2: was a huge hit. But first, I want the first thing I did. Claire, Lee mentioned that as long as you're making it, you know, if you double the recipe, then you have one for Christmas too. And mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, Oh, well, that's a good idea. You know, and we've got the wrap party. So I doubled the recipe, not really thinking then, then I end up with like, it's like five pounds of pate. <laughs> that. <laughs> I have a so much. Pate. <laughs> so, I mean, if I, if I was doing a big, and if, if I was entertaining a big group, of course, it would make sense. That's why my mother always made a lot of pate. There were always a lot of people. I don't have that. So instead of doubling it, I think I probably should have halved it. <laughs> but now I'm thinking maybe I should take the extra pate And somehow transform it into the aforementioned hostess gifts, like put some of it in those little containers and things, whatever. Not that anyone expects to get a food gift from me, of all people. (laughs) That would be
1: really out of the box, Liz. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. But here's my fundamental question. Now that I've had the experience of like it's so many pots and pans and steps and this and that. At the last minute, I realized, oh my God, I need a food processor. Uh, There's a food processor in this recipe. (laughs) And luckily, and, and it's embarrassing to call people or text people. On the night before thanksgiving and say can i borrow your food processor it's like (laughs) leah not being able to borrow people's oven uh but anyway i texted my neighbor down the hall paula who had lent me her food processor before and boom she was at my door uh with a food processor so it it was okay but here's the thing if i'm going to keep cooking even at the middling level that i do claire is a food processor inevitable for me should i just you know get you know who on the blower and get myself a food processor or can
3: I get through life without a food processor Uh, I'm sure your sisters have already weighed in on this I'm going to go pro I'm pro food processor I'm not pro a ton of um appliances in general because I find they just end up taking up space on Uh the counter or in the cupboard but a good food processor is a good friend Mm -hmm. Um, you're covered for pate you're covered for hummus you're covered for pizza dough you can make i make my my pastry i mean maybe pastry is a bridge too far i don't know but i make pastry in the food processor and it's so easy uh pesto nut butter um you know uh, you can even puree soups in there so i think i'm pro food processor the this my second piece of advice is may not be welcome but i always say get the most expensive one you can find
2: oh no yeah. I always love a good excuse like that. Small but <laughs> expensive is what I need. <laughs>
3: it's, um, it, I've had a, a bad run of food processors uh, the last couple of years, and I've hated them all. And the one I really want is the one I gave my mom for Christmas a few years ago. So I kind of have to get, go and get ahead and get myself that one one of these okay. days. All right. I've been trying
2: to cut back on acquiring things for the kitchen thinking you know, like that someday the pandemic will be over and I will no longer be in my kitchen. But okay. There, thank you thank you for that advice.
0: So yeah, I'm making I mean I would second that just also saying not expensive but large. I think yeah. It oh. would be tempting for you to get, like, oh, the small one. Yeah. But there's almost nothing you can do in that mid sized right. one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's
1: solid advice to get the food processor for chopping, too, Liz. It gets you away from that. Knife. <laughs> from my,
0: my
2: very poor knife skills. Yeah, <laughs> your <laughs>
1: dangerous knife fork. Yes. I think it's a really, it would be a step up in kitchen safety for you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Thanks so- all, all three of you. Thank you very much.
0: Because, mm-hmm. okay.
2: <laughs> you know, you know my skill level. So I trust your judgment.
0: <laughs> so, Claire, we're also going to be making your vegetable pate for our holiday party. And Liz, remind me that's Sunday, December 12th, correct?
2: December 12th. That's correct. At 5 okay. p.m. Eastern, um, your son, Colin, is doing a flaming cocktail. Mm-hmm. We will also have a mocktail. So we've got two cocktails and we'll have at least two pates. We'll have mom's liver pate and we'll have Claire's pate that she's about to tell us about.
0: Yeah. What's the secret to your pate, Claire? It's
3: dried mushrooms. So it's uh, dried porcini mushrooms. You can kind of use any dried mushrooms that you like, but I find dried porcinis are the best. Um, And it is a vegetarian pate, which, you know, and it's looks like pate like it has that kind of gray grayish brownish color so it really does look like pate it has the texture of pate it's spreadable on a piece of melba toast or whatever you like but it is dried mushrooms um and a little bit of cream cheese a fair amount of cream cheese a little bit of sherry some lemon juice and some fresh thyme blitzed up in your food processor Mm -hmm. and uh, put in a bowl, and it is. You can make it ahead. It is out of this world delicious. Out of this world delicious, and I love me some liver pate, but this mushroom and thyme pate is really, really fun.
0: Okay, all right. Well, we're going to put that recipe in this week's pep talk. So, if you are not signed up for the newsletter, but that's from one
3: of your cookbooks, right? Is it from Uncomplicated, the first one? It is from Uncomplicated. Yeah, okay. the, the first oh, book good. Has a nice, good, uh, heavy section on entertaining. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's from that one.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So our last question, uh, this has been so helpful. Um, is your humble ingredient of 2022. And I, I have made that tahini dressing you mentioned this summer. Eight million times. I sort of asked you for this in the summer, like give us an unexpected ingredient and how to use it. And you came up with this tahini recipe, this tahini dressing recipe, so simple four ingredients. I use it all the time. So that's what I'm looking. I'm looking for another one of these magical bon mots from you, Claire. So what, what, what's your humble ingredient of 2022?
3: The humble ingredient of 2022 is the lentil. It is.
0: Ah, Okay. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Well now lentils are the food of the future because uh, we're going to run out of meat. And also has anybody looked at the price of meat lately? It is going up and up and up and that is not going to change. So if you have never tried a lentil, this is the year to try a lentil. If you're uh, lentil reluctant. Uh, there's a, I've got it. I can post it. I'll post it in the Facebook group. My creamy red lentil soup with warm spices is beloved by everybody. It tastes like Christmas in a glass. It is so good. Um, but you're going to want to start leaning into lentils and learning about lentils. They are super versatile. You can do so many different things with them. They are so good for you and they're actually good for the earth. Uh, After a lentil field has uh, done its growing season, the soil is actually more um, nourishing than it was beforehand. So lentils are truly the way of the future. And um, I'm encouraging everybody to lean into the lentil this year. Just lean, lean into that lentil. I love it.
0: I love lentils. I've recently, yeah, I, I recently, the last couple of years, really leaned into lentils, and I cook them probably once, like every couple of weeks. I'll just cook up a bunch to have around. They're great. Oh, this yeah, is exciting! Can, I'm excited. To hear the lentils. lentils in 2022. Good.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've got this. You've got this. Lentils are good. I like it. I think we boil this down to leeway and lentils. That's what we're doing and here now. And meatloaf. Don't forget the meatloaf. <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Hey, Claire, you're actually teaching a holiday appetizer class
3: online, right? This weekend? Uh, I am. Oh my gosh, you should come. It's all like fancy, fabulous. Not really that fancy because you can tell from listening to me, I'm not that fancy, but we're going to make appetizers for the holiday season. So we are going to use frozen phyllo pastry. Have you ever worked with phyllo pastry? Yes, Mm -hmm. Yes. It is easy. It is super forgiving. It is the most forgiving of all the pastries. We're going to make mini copitas. Mm. We're going to make chev and cranberry cigars. Also going to bust out the puff pastry, make some cheese straws for the freezer. And we're going to make a huge double batch of my holiday granola. So it's two-hour class on Sunday afternoon. And it's basically like stock your freezer with the favors to your future self so that you can relax this holiday season. And, of course, sisters, you get a discount code. You get $10 off um, with the code SISTERS10. Okay. We thank will put you. a link
0: to that in the show notes. Yes. Also we'll spread that link around in our Facebook group and in pep talk this week as well. The code is sisters 10. Plus you also have a free Facebook group over at dinner uncomplicated. If people just want to get together and talk food with you. Claire, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. It's always great to have you on. We love your recipes and we love your energy and we want you to have a fantastic holiday season there.
3: Oh, thanks, Leanne. Thanks, guys. It's always such a pleasure to be with you and uh, to share some ideas. Thanks, Claire. Happy solstice. uh, Yeah, happy (laughs) Merry Christmas and Happy New Year (laughs) to you. Hey,
0: it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... Great reviews. Lynn, I am
2: not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair
0: anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Liam Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Liam's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Rose isn't just better for you, it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P R O S E. Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right. We're back. Always great to talk to Claire. Always keeps us thinking about yeah. going mm-hmm. on. Fun. Mm-hmm. makes me excited for the holiday season now. Makes me excited for Pate. <laughs> 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 I've, I've got plenty. <laughs> Um, oh, Hey, I wanted to mention a really fun event I'm doing this weekend. I was just to take this time to do some personal promotion, if you don't mind, sure. um, But I'm finally doing an in signing book event. There have been so few this year and I will be at Romans, which is our beautiful independent bookstore here in Pasadena, uh, with four other, they're called local authors, but these are big time New York times, bestselling authors like Naomi Hirahara, who was on our show. Great. Fantastic. And Marla Frazee, the beautiful children's book author and illustrator who wrote boss baby and a million other beautiful, uh, beautiful books. Uh, Mary Lee Carroll will be there. She has some great books about saints and women and travel and Colleen Dunn-Bates will be there. Uh, my former publisher who also has a lot of travel books and Pasadena center books. So we're just going to be hanging out at Romans all together in the courtyard on Saturday from one to two. It's just okay. a one hour thing. You can come there. Apparently is going to be some music. I believe we each get a table. So we're doing some competitive table skating.
1: So one- <laughs> oh, well, Leanne, you should certainly be able to take the category there. I'm going to crush people. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> so I that's saturday
1: pay- december 4th is this saturday right? saturday
0: december 4th mm-hmm. it's from 1 to 2 at romans and we're outside so it's nice and safe uh we'll be signing our books current books previous books we'll be enjoying it uh, i'm happy to take photos for anybody or do what we'll do i'll do whatever you need to sell a few more copies of the Sweetie sisters <laughs> to be perfectly honest <laughs> so uh we will be there there may be some giveaways at my table i haven't formulated oh, yet oh okay Again, I'm not going to bake anything, so don't worry. I did okay. investigate some sticker giveaways, so stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I know <laughs> you
1: only have the small oven, so we know you don't really have room. Okay, good. It's true. It's true. Okay, well, it's time for Entertaining Sisters, uh, and I want to recommend uh, the new documentary, The Beatles Get Back. Have you seen that either, Liz or Liam? I watched no. part
2: one. It's three parts, right? It's so I'm this just se- through the first three part. parts. Yeah, I'm this is to a- stretch it out.
1: This is a series that was directed and produced by Peter Jackson, and it is based on film footage, 1970 film footage of the Beatles as they are making the Let It Be album. Um, it's on Disney Plus. It is as Liz, it's three episodes, mm-hmm. and there each episode is two two hours to two and a half hours. So it really is a journey on this. And they took all this footage because they originally conceived it as a feature film and that didn't happen. But Jackson, uh, Peter Jackson spent four years editing uh, the film that was available from the, uh, from this recording session time. Uh, And he, he worked with both Paul and Ringo and with Yoko and Olivia uh, Harrison uh, to complete this. And it is amazing. It focuses on 21 days that the Beatles were in this Twickenham, England studio. And they set as they set out for themselves almost an impossible goal of to write 12 to 14 new songs, rehearse them, and be ready to do a live show. You know, and they That's gave amazing. They gave themselves 21 days. Okay. And So, but what's so amazing about this is you really do get incredible insights as to the creative process, even under enormous pressure. And just watching as, you know, in one scene, uh, John Lennon is is late. He shows up late. He's not there. So it's Paul and Ringo and George, and they're hanging around, just waiting for uh, Lennon to show up. And Paul starts strumming, his guitar, you know, he's just fooling around. And then all of a sudden, as you're watching you, you realize, oh my gosh, it's get back. He just (laughs) wrote, get back right now, waiting for John Lennon. So, and there's the same things happens when Paul just sort of randomly sits down at the piano and the next thing you know, you're listening to Long and Winding Road. You, it's it's like this like miracle that happens. You know, they're trying different chords and stuff. and But then as these songs emerge and the lyrics emerge, it's really fascinating to watch. So I could go on about this, but just a couple of key points. Um, number one, Paul is still my Beetle. Okay, I'm telling you.
2: <laughs> it just he reinforces is. what you've always oh, believed. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes. yes. Okay. Number two. George Harrison was a fabulous dresser. Okay, if you watch this for no other reason, just check out George's clothes. He has these incredible coats. He's wearing scarves. He's got color on. Ringo is adorable. I mean, he's really adorable. That emerges. And... And then the last thing is while Yoko, you know, has been blamed for breaking up the Beatles. Uh, when you watch this, you really have some sense that, you know, maybe the end was near. Maybe the Beatles were done with being the Beatles and it wasn't Yoko's fault. I will say that. However, as this whole thing, as they're sitting there, they are like, They're sitting in chairs very close to each other, almost eyeball to eyeball as they're trying to struggling and trying to figure out these 12 to 14 songs. And, you know, it's Paul, it's George, it's John. Ringo's right there with the drums. But also Yoko is sitting right there like she's in the circle. And I just wanted to say, Yoko, scoot your chair back, please. get back, get scoot back, <laughs> it. scoot it back, scoot it back, Yoko. OK, leave the lads, let them do their thing. OK, but that did not happen uh, yeah. anyway. I just want to recommend it. It's outstanding if you're a Beatles fan or if you're interested in the creative process. I think uh, you'll enjoy watching it. Don't you agree, Liz? OK,
2: yes. I mean, I just. Writing a song just seems like an impossible creative task to me. So, so to see that them just spring up the way you just described is really, really amazing.
1: Okay, that's good. Okay, a second um, thing that I want to call att- your, your attention to, and uh, you can quote me on this, but uh, I, I believe this may be Matthew McConaughey's best work Ever. Okay. Uh, No, he's not running for governor of Texas, but he is starring in a podcast. called Hank the Cow Dog, and this is The Adventures of a Ranch Dog, uh, and it's written and directed by Jeff Nichols, uh, who worked with Matthew McConaughey on the film Mud. Did you ever see that? Uh, that's, I that? never did. No. Oh, it was lovely. Very, very interesting story. So who would like this podcast? You'd like it if you like Prairie Home Companion. It kind of has a feel about this. It, uh-huh. This is based on uh, the podcast is based on the book series Hank the Cow Dog, uh, which is is great! Uh, it's the adventures of a ranch dog. Um, so, you know, if you find yourself over the holidays stuck in a car with kids, I would highly recommend it. If you're a Matthew McConaughey friend, you'll enjoy it. It's it's cleverly written. It's fun. It's fun for all ages. I also think this would be great as a bedtime story. It's episodic, and you could do it with your kids or your grandkids. So, that is Matthew McConaughey's podcast, Hank the Cow Dog.
0: Okay, Julie, good recommendation. All right, that's a good use of
2: Matthew McConaughey's talents for running running a giant state. Yes,
1: yeah, that seemed way too hard. (laughs) Too much work, really. Really too much work, yeah. Uh, Okay, well,
2: Here's my entertaining sisters at the top of the show. I mentioned that I'm going to New York this weekend. This is my Broadway weekend. Careful listeners may recall that in June, I think I announced this on the show, that when they announced that Broadway was going to reopen, I was so excited and I was feeling like, okay, I'm double vaxxed now. My leg is getting better now. Broadway's reopening now. This is all a sign. I should plan a holiday trip to New York. So this is the holiday trip I planned in June when I was feeling like everything, is getting better and uh you know there have been mixed results on that anyway i am going this weekend i'm very excited i got tickets to see two Mm -hmm. musicals i'm in the mood for musicals so Mm -hmm. i'm going to see uh jagged little pill which is the musical they made from you know alanis morissette's groundbreaking album in the 90s of the same name jagged little pill so i'm seeing that and I'm seeing The Six, which is oh, a musical, Liam, that I got turned on to by you. You used a song from The Six. The Six is, the, is a sort of girl power musical that was a big hit in London about the six wives of Henry VIII. But you used a song from the six in one of the Satellite Sisters playlists you did on Spotify, remember?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was it was that show was like supposed to open and then like that was like March 13th, 2020. So it never opened in New York, but the music was already out there.
2: Yes, it literally was the opening night for the six was the night they closed Broadway. So but now it really is open. So I'm really going to that. So I'm very excited about that. Um you know they have they send you a million emails about like uh, bringing your Vax card, wearing a mask, all of those things. So I'm good and I'm excited. And New York at Christmas time, you know what's not to love, right? right. So <laughs> um, so I'm very excited about that. Next week I will have a full report on how that went. But speaking of New York musicals, I also have. A um a movie I want to recommend that is on Netflix that many of you have been talking about in the uh, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. It is the movie Tick Tick Boom, which is a new movie uh, on Netflix that was directed by Lin Wen. Lin-Manuel Miranda but it's an original musical that was written by Jonathan Larson who went on to create Rent which of course is a cult musical but this was a musical he wrote before he was ever successful and it's a really interesting just kind of meditation on time and time is running out and he needed to like make his mark on Broadway. And it's all the more poignant because, you know, as you're watching it, if you're a Broadway fan, that Jonathan Larson actually died the first night that Rent went into previews. So he did have this massive effect on Broadway, but he never lived to see it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, really great, very poignant. Um, Pat, Natalie, Nancy, Amanda have all commented on on it in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, but Durval also noted that the movie itself is just chock full of cameos from famous Broadway people. And I'm not going to take you through the whole list. Oh, good. It's don't, don't
0: rough. ruin it. Cause I'd like to see it. I love the <laughs> but, surprise cameos. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, I mean, there are so many scenes that have these, came- a lot of the cameos are people that like normal people like us wouldn't even no, because they are like producers and writers but there are a couple of big dance numbers especially the big dance number that takes place in the moon dance diner because that's where jonathan larson works so there's a big oh. dance number there and like i watched it through about three times there are so many famous faces jam-packed into the moondance diner. Oh number. fun. Okay. Oh, that's good. So good, but good I, but, tip, I'm, but I'm going to put the link to The story that explains who all the cameos are, that will be in the show notes. So after you watch it, if you want to check on who are those people. Anyway, highly recommend. And then just one thing I'll mention in the movie, Stephen Sondheim played a very important role in Jonathan Larson's uh, development uh, in the musical theater as kind of a mentor and someone who continuously encouraged him. And so Bradley Whitford, Uh, plays Stephen Sondheim uh, in this movie. And of course, Stephen Sondheim died this weekend after an unbelievable career on Broadway. Mm -hmm. So it's all all a very full circle moment. So if you like Broadway and like inside jokes about Broadway and inside cameos, I think you will really like Tick, Tick, Boom. Now it's no Hamilton. I know people, they want their (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's no Hamilton, but it's a great Broadway show about Broadway, if that's your thing
0: all right Liz good recommendations and okay I, and I, by the way did I mention it's starring
2: Andrew Garfield singing who knew who knew <laughs> it but he's really it good
0: okay. does it all all right well this weekend I watched all the Christmas movies with Castle in the title so you didn't have to okay <laughs>
1: How, how did you come up with that uh, assignment, Leanne?
0: Liz, they're, or Julie, they're just everywhere. And I felt like I had to take that on, okay? okay. So these okay. are on Netflix and Hallmark. They had two competing new releases. Uh, one was called Christmas at Castle Heart. That's on Hallmark. And then the other was A Castle for Christmas, that's on Netflix. Okay, what okay. do they have in common? They have an American woman making last-minute plans to flee to the British Isles over the holidays. Check, mm-hmm. uh, handsome dukes and earls wandering around financially troubled castles. Check. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Delightful side characters with quirky characteristics and sweaters. Check. <laughs> and of course, they have a Christmas Eve gala in need of a
1: hostess. Oh, right? good. Like oh, good. Those are
0: so popular only on Hallmark or Netflix movies. No one else would host a gala on Christmas Eve. Um, here's what I can say. The Hallmark movie stars Lacey Chabert, who I think owns the Hallmark channel because she's in so many movies. <laughs> and Irish actor Stuart Townsend, who is delightful, oh. Charlie, Charlie Therone's ex. Uh, I don't know what he's doing on a Hallmark movie, but it, maybe you know, it was filmed on location in Ireland and maybe he wanted to go home. Here's what I would say about this unnecessarily and weird assumed identity storyline. So I don't know. It's fine. But the far <laughs> superior movie is the Brooke Shields vehicle over there on Netflix. Oh, A for Christmas. And that stars the delightful Carrie Elways as the handsome and charming Duke wandering around his financially troubled castle. It's far superior. I mean, Brooke Shields, God bless her. You know, I relate to Brick Shields unbelievably because she is my age. And cool. once I saw her in New York.
1: So, uh, <laughs> so you're very close. I can see that, Liam. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like in her teenage heyday, I saw her and thought, we are not the same species. Um <laughs> So, but this movie is just edgier, better, better, a little bit sexy. And who's not rooting for like a woman in her mid fifties and the star of the princess bride to get together. Everyone's rooting for that. So it's the far superior vehicle for Christmas castle movies, uh, over on Netflix, a castle for Christmas starring Brooke Shields.
2: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah.
1: You will enjoy it, Jewel. I, I'm, I'm really Lee. And I was just writing that down to make note to watch it. Yes, immediately. There's a lot yes. of
0: plaid. There's so much plaid because that movie takes place in Scotland. <laughs> okay. I was okay. under the impression like in Scotland, people take their plaid very seriously, but there's a lot of plaid mixing. So oh. I don't even think that's legal, but like there, at the castle, there's like eight different plaids going
1: on. Oh, yeah. I oh, okay? oh, and very observant. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. But uh, it's delightful okay uh that's it big thanks to claire tansy for being here today hey happy hanukkah to everybody who's celebrating uh this week um big thank you to Sergio enriquez for making us sound good thanks sergio and to emily loudermilk who designs the graphics for our show if you want to see emily's work uh, and who doesn't head on over to our instagram account that's at sat sisters uh also we would like to um do our to-do list. I thought there was something else going on, but nope. Uh, It's just an (laughs) awkward transition to a to-do list. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's see. Okay. I'll just start because I I don't have one thing. It's Everything I have not done all year long I'm doing between December 4th and December 10th. I am doing book signings. I'm doing brunches with friends. I'm doing girls' night out. I'm going to a, you know, musical. I'm going to the hospital with my mother-in-law to take her to chemo. I'm, uh, you know, doing meetings with friends. I'm doing holiday drinks. I'm going to a concert. It's insane what I have to do between December 4th and December 10th.
1: It's all happening in a single week. So, Okay. Gonna, yeah, good luck pace, pace yourself be sure to take your ritual vitamins Liam. that's <laughs> what i have to say yeah mask
0: <laughs> on boosted washing my hands it's gonna be great how about you joel
1: okay well this week i get to wish one of my oldest and dearest friends leslie it's her birthday i get to wish her happy birthday and i just was reflecting about it this week and realized that we've been friends for over 50 years wow and you know you cannot make new old friends, and I am so glad that she's in my life, and I'm so glad that uh, I get to wish her a happy birthday this week.
2: Oh, happy oh, birthday, nice. Leslie! Happy birthday, Les! Yeah, we've known Leslie forever too. <laughs> so, uh okay, well, this is Liz. Here's one, like my my big plan for the weekend, besides the the Broadway activities, is I am having dinner with sheila on sunday so that would be fun you know our sister sheila moved back to new york this summer we she was on the show a few months ago filling us in on her new life there but because the my sunday tickets are for a 6 p.m performance i had to text her and say how do you feel about having dinner at 4 p.m and of course (laughs) of course if you know sheila her, her response was, perfect. 4 p.m. dinner is my friend. Sheila is an early diner. So, <laughs> so, for, so a little early bird dinner with Sheila. I will also have a complete report on that next week.
0: All right. Very chic, 4 p.m. dinners. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make a big comeback. I know it. All right. Have a great week, sisters. You, you too. too Don't forget, call your satellite sister.